0: Welcome to the Hospitality Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Everybody knows that Southwest Airlines as a company knows how to have fun. On today's episode, we're talking to the woman largely responsible for many of the unique things about the airline's culture, Ginger Hardage. She's the former Senior Vice President of Culture and Communications for Southwest Airlines, and now founder of Unstoppable Cultures, a Dallas based consultancy to help leaders improve their corporate cultures for their employees. Ginger, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Shelby, it's great to be with you. Yes, I I had a wonderful time at Southwest Airlines, 25 great years. And uh, at the end, they're leading both the communications and the culture for the organization. So it's wonderful to talk to your audience because I think we share a lot of similarities in wanting to make sure that our customers, our guests have the best experience with our products.
0: Certainly the culture there at Southwest Airlines is legendary. So share just a little bit of background. So what did Senior VP of Culture entail? What are some of the things, some of the programs that you helped um, instill and get started?
1: What we really wanted to make sure we were doing was perpetuating the great culture that Southwest Airlines uh, had put in place since 1971 by the founder Herb Kelleher and also Colleen Barrett, who is now president emeritus, and Herb is uh, chairman emeritus, and the rich tradition that they put in place. So many times I hear from companies that say, "What do you do as as a company grows?" And the wonderful thing is Southwest was able to start with a great culture, but now the company has 56 thousand employees and is still perpetuating that culture. And that that's what our focus was um, on the culture team, is uh, putting together different types of events that would continue to perpetuate the culture. There were hundreds of things that w- we did to make sure that uh, the culture stayed as vital as it was. And, and so you have to partner across your organization. And we had literally had a best place to work committee. And it was a cross-cultural group. We worked together uh, from human resources, diversity and inclusion, change management, and all of us worked together to make sure we were in sync and all of our programs were supporting the culture of the organization. So one example of something that we would do, we had a culture committee. And that culture committee uh, consisted of employees from across the organization who applied to be members. So you had to apply. It was an honor to be a member of the culture committee. So you'd have a pilot from Chicago, a mechanic from Oakland, and um, someone who worked in the airport in Houston, for example. And um, so we'd have about 200 uh, people who were part of the culture committee. And they would put on events to perpetuate that culture. They kept their regular job, and um, but we would have these special events. One would be called a culture blitz. And if you could imagine, if we were trying to uh, touch every employee in Denver that day, we'd start early in the morning by dressing the employees who came in really early, serving them food. Food is the um, immediate unifier. All of us love to eat. So uh, serving them and thanking the employees. And another thing they would do, they would meet every flight that would come in. And normally when a flight comes in, you know, the passengers get off and the flight attendants tidy up the cabin. Uh, but it, during culture blitz, these employees, part of the culture committee, would actually meet that flight and, and give the flight attendants, here's a, a packaged lunch, take a break, and we're going to clean your airplane for you on this turn. So that's an example of the delight and surprise types of moments um, that the culture committee would be involved in. Those are
0: certainly very exciting forms of, uh, of motivation because it shows that there's a real appreciation for each of the team members across the spectrum of the company. You mentioned that it was a privilege to apply for the, the culture committee. So for a company looking to start a a culture committee, or maybe they already have one, but there's not a whole lot of enthusiasm for it. What are some ways that you can help up the prestige of such a committee and really get people to want to actively be involved?
1: Well, one of the ways is to have personal involvement for management. And we certainly had that at Southwest Airlines uh, when we would have meetings um, several times a year for the culture committee. We'd fly them into our headquarters in Dallas And uh, we always had senior leadership spending time with them. So CEO Gary Kelly of Southwest Airlines would personally spend an hour or two with that group, uh, communicating with them on and answering any of their questions about what might be going on in the organization. We'd also make sure that the COO of the organization, or if there was a new initiative, we might have someone from our pilots come in and speak with the group, just giving them lots of access, to information, uh, making sure that they were authorities on all that was going on in the organization, and uh, really just respecting their time and showing them a lot of respect in terms of the level of information and involvement, because that's what all of us want with all of our employees is to give them the level of information where they can act like owners and represent our company like they were the CEO of the organization and in turn serve our customers.
0: Well, two things occur to me with that. So the type of employee that would be attracted to Southwest and also the type of employee that would be hired by Southwest would be a, a quality candidate. This would be someone that's not just looking to, to slide by. So you would find that a lot of people wanted to do more, they wanted to have that interaction with the executive leadership and be able to, to have that face time, because they probably are, you know, bright, ambitious people that want to do the very best at what they do, and, and have that, that type of um, connection to the executive leadership and share information. So it definitely seems like
1: that's one aspect of it, right? Right. And you mentioned uh, the type of individual who would, who would want to come to work for Southwest or any organization in the hospitality industry that is really trying to be uh, number one in their category. And in, in terms of the hiring at Southwest, Southwest only hires 2% of the people that apply. So in a typical year, the company could get, you know, 370,000 resumes but is very selective in making sure that the fit is correct for the people joining the organization. And I think that that is key uh, for all of our companies is uh, to make sure that we're bringing in the individuals who are going to match the values of our organization and then train them uh, the most we can and continual training so that we're keeping our uh, skills as sharp as we possibly can. In fact, Southwest even has ongoing initiatives and it's titled Hospitality. So how perfect for your audience is really looking at all of the aspects that make our organizations as hospitable as possible.
0: Absolutely. Well, and so looking to hire the very best uh, for your teams, uh, that's certainly a key ingredient um, for success there. But the other thing you said that's uh, it's interesting to me is that having employees that act like owners. So talk to me a little bit about this idea of empowering employees or, or I guess supporting employees so that they feel like they can act as owners in terms of their pride of work, their level of service to the customers or the guests, and what that does for companies culture
1: in terms of how well they're treating their customers. Absolutely. And one, one of the things I encourage organizations to do um, and when I'm consulting with them or speaking with them is don't be too rule-based. Don't have too many rules and policies about what employees can do, or don't be too prescriptive, or you're going to miss too many delightful surprises. And one example that I love to give is the story actually came from a customer. Um, a customer wrote us and, and told us about how she her little boy were traveling, and they were traveling out of Nashville, and he'd accidentally left his backpack somewhere in the airport. So when they got to their final destination, she called the 1-800 number and was put back in touch with uh, the folks in Nashville where where they'd flown out of. And the woman who uh, got that call was Emily. And Emily immediately um, started looking for the backpack It wasn't, you know, in the typical Southwest area. So she went above and beyond. She acted like an owner. um, And she went outside in the other areas of the airport and actually found it in one of the dining establishments there at the airport. So she didn't just, you know, the mailing label on it and send it back. There was a bear inside the backpack. It was called Hanover Bear. And uh, the little boy didn't want to sleep without his bear. So she actually wrote a note. And penned it and signed it, uh, Hanover Bear. So she talked about the experiences that the bear had while he was away Oh wow! at the airport. So those are the kind of examples. You couldn't script that, but that you hire the kind of employee that's going to act like an owner, that's going to have that um, initiative. So she made it fun and memorable, so memorable that the customer uh, wrote us um, about Emily. So as leaders, what we have to do is give employees that type of freedom in doing so in repeating the stories, repeating those stories. So I encourage organizations to also employ active storytelling, because it's a wonderful way to show the kind of behavior that is recognized and appreciated at our organizations. That's the type of story that gives you goosebumps. (laughs) <laughs> well, that, that's what we're all looking for in our organizations and employees that go that extra mile, make that type of solid connection with um, with the customer, and those customers will keep coming back.
0: So you mentioned active storytelling, and that's something that I, I've seen headlines on recently. And it seems like that seems to be a trend and leadership, uh, I guess, describe what active storytelling is and why it's so important to share the, uh, the successes and share the wins of a company and be able to do that well.
1: Well, certainly, Shelby. Well, one of the things storytelling does, it allows you to really model the kind of behavior that you're looking for in your organization. And it also shows the boundaries uh, or the lack of boundaries in which uh, the way hospitality can be delivered in our organizations. So, depending on the size of the organization, you know, if, if a listener's going, gosh, you know, I have a small organization. Well, if you have a small organization, you probably could send everybody an email, or you could tell a story every time you have one of your stand-up meetings with your employees. Uh, you could commend an employee for doing something fabulous. So one of the ways that Southwest uh, does the storytelling so well is, is every week the CEO, Gary Kelly, records a message to employees so employees can hear it on their cell phones or they can read it on the company intranet. But he, he tells what might be happening in the last week, what might be coming up in the week ahead. It's a short message, but he always ends it with a shout out. And that shout out is really holding out some sort of behavior that a customer wrote about or another employee uh, talked about another uh, employee doing. But he always uses storytelling to end with a shout out and a commendation uh, to one of the employees. And what a great way every week to reinforce the kind of behavior that you're looking for in your organization.
0: Absolutely, and being able to share examples of creative ways to uh, to really show that that appreciation.
1: Absolutely, and it and it and it gives employees the freedom, and how wonderful to be recognized, um, especially in an organization the size of Southwest, fifty six thousand employees, uh, to be one of the people um, held out. In I, I've seen so many instances when that happened and just the pride that the employees had, uh, when they, when they were singled out for something that they had done. Well, so you do bring up a good
0: point. So in these large organizations or these organizations that are kind of famous, you know, best places to work, you hear a lot of these great, um, innovative stories of, you know, recognition, but, uh, what about some of the smaller companies that, that don't really have that, instilled, at least on a large scale, what are some less obvious signs of a
1: good company culture? Well, one sign of a good company culture is a low turnover rate. So I think that's what many organizations are seeking um, is to lower their turnover, because look at the cost of management time and hiring, look at the lost cost and cost in training. Uh, Some industries have 50% turnover of their hourly workers in the first 18 months. Wow. So that is a huge cost drain to the organization. So one of the, the things organizations can do is make sure they're hiring the right kind of people. And in the beginning, not settling for someone uh, who isn't a good fit for the organization or that particular job and really giving them all the training they possibly can. So in, in, in a smaller organization, once you've hired that right person, there are lots of ways you can Talk, do storytelling even in a small organization. Uh, an example would be almost any size organization has a website they could feature their employees on, or they have social channels in which they're talking to their customers. So I encourage them to use those social channels, whether it be Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, and feature your employees in that. Talk about talk about what your the great things your employees are doing to interact with your customers. So uh, using those channels to make that connection and reinforcement. Social media is a very powerful
0: uh, means of doing that. I think sometimes uh, companies, tend to shy away from talking too much internal stuff. They think, oh, well, no one's really interested in that. But on the contrary, people are very interested in the people behind the company. I mean the edict and in, in marketing that people follow people, not, not brands, they want to know who the people are behind uh, this large organization that they have, you know, that they're doing business with, people that have, uh, that have done something extraordinary, or just, you know, someone that just went the extra mile, uh, certainly being able to feature those on you know a Facebook page, for example, is, you're right, is a great way to be able to do that.
1: And our customers love to see behind the scenes examples of what we're doing in our in our organizations. So with Unstoppable Cultures,
0: uh, you're working with leaders and companies to improve their cultures, either from the start or rejuvenating a a corporate culture. Ginger, would you share some more examples of great culture that you have found in your work consulting?
1: Yes, uh, one example in Southwest. We have, I'm sure, many many companies as well do some sort of annual survey or or periodic survey um, uh, on employee satisfaction. And we had so many recognition programs at Southwest. We thought we had recognition locked down. We thought we were really world class in it. And we got some feedback from some of our employees that put us back on our heels. And it was um, that our employees were not seeing as much recognition from their direct leader. That's a good point. And that's where all employees want to feel the most is from their direct leader. So a lot of our organizations, you know, we have the annual banquet, the annual awards, and those are great, and we should keep doing them. But in our organizations, are we equipping our frontline leaders who are the hardest working people in our organizations to be able to recognize um, their frontline workers. So we started a program called on the spot and gave very simple cards that uh, the leaders, the frontline leaders could give out when they saw someone doing something fabulous. So in your own organ, in a small organization, you might have, you know, $10 gift cards, or it's simple acts, where, where you just take the time uh, to recognize employees. Uh, we had a a card where employees could use a full-blown recognition system and uh, build opportunities there. So if you're a large organization, you could do something like that. But there's nothing to stop a smaller organization from having something like gift cards that leaders are allowed to hand out when they see employees doing wonderful things. Well,
0: that's that's a very important point there that I think a lot of times the belief is that the company culture comes either from the culture committee, or it must come only from the leader from the very, very top. And yes, culture does start at the top. But you're right that if they've gone, you know, a week, a month, months, without some direct feedback from their direct management, and some recognition, I think that that's a very thing. That's a very important thing that I think a lot of leaders uh, and, and managers overlook, you know, we're doing the banquets, and we're doing these appreciation parties. But what am I doing for my small team of three to show them that they are appreciated. So you bring up a great point there
1: well Shelby culture is everybody's job um, it's and it definitely has to be modeled from the top from senior leadership absolutely if you have a leader who for example in the hospitality industry has uh, in, in charge of one of your properties let's say a hotel property they are the person who's who would be inspiring the leadership they're setting the tone and the employees see them as uh, their ultimate leader and Culture is every, everybody's job, so um, my hat is off to those leaders for their department or for a division of the company or from one location of a company um, that really set out to be the kind of leader that everyone wants to follow. And what a difference they're going to be able to make in those employees' lives if they reduce the turnover they recognize them and they set up something in place where those people can continue to stay with the organization because they have a really strong path to career growth as well. Ginger, thank you so much for joining me. Well, Shelby, thank you. And I would like to invite anyone who's listening today who would like to have a master class in culture. I'm actually having an event. Uh, November 12th through 15th in Santa Fe, New Mexico, that will truly go in depth. So you can go on my website, Unstoppable Cultures, and find out more about that. Fantastic.
0: And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries. Subscribe to articles, podcasts, and creative video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk.